Lord was coming. And uh, so uh, this is a vision. Now, uh, in this, uh, this angel here that we're looking at, uh, I don't know why the Lord does it this way. I don't know why the Lord just didn't say in uh, verse 1, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know why He did it that way. I don't know why back in chapter 7, uh, He didn't say the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, though it's uh, pretty easy to, uh, to figure out who it is, as we'll see here in a minute. Uh, now, everybody don't believe that. Uh, and I mean some good uh, prophecy preachers, smart people, uh, they don't believe this is the Lord. Uh, Salem Kerbin, who was a great uh, prophecy preacher, some of y'all got Salem Kerbin Bible, uh, he did not believe this was the Lord. Tim LaHaye, uh, who wrote a lot of prophecy books, Revelation books, he does not believe this is the Lord. But there are some other men, that smart men, that do. Uh, M.R.D. Hannon, uh, he believes it's the Lord. John Phillips, he believes it's the Lord. Dr. Ruckman believes it's the Lord. And I believe it's the Lord. Uh, amen. Uh, so, uh, why do we believe it's the Lord? Well, we know somewhere during the tribulation, Jesus is going to make at least one appearance and probably a couple. You say, why do you know that? Well, let's look in Genesis chapter 45, starting out with, in Genesis 45. And we've got Joseph there. And most people, if they've ever uh, studied the Bible, they know who Joseph's a type of. Christ. Arthur Pink, who's a tremendous writer, Arthur Pink says Joseph is a type of Christ in at least 150 ways. And if you look, don't go there now, but if you looked in Genesis 37, you'd find that Joseph was beloved of his father above all his brothers, like Christ. And you'll find out that all his brothers hated Joseph and literally tried to kill him like Christ. Those are just a couple. But look here, Joseph is a type of Christ. You remember what happened? That his brothers sold him in a pit, and then uh, some uh, Ishmael's, I think it was, and uh, they got him out and they sold him to them. And So he had been gone for a long time, and then uh, you remember that uh, Pharaoh after prison and everything else, that Pharaoh made him ruler. Uh, over all his stuff during the famine. Uh, you remember that? And, uh, and, and after that, his brothers, the famine literally made his brothers come to him because they didn't have nothing to eat. And they, heard, they heard that uh, Pharaoh had corn. That's why we say, uh, boy, that fellow's got corn for sale. That's where we get that saying at. We'll look in uh, verse 4 after his brothers come back. And it said, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I'm Joseph, your brother, who you sold in Egypt. In other words, Joseph made himself known to his brothers that thought he was dead. That's what the Lord is going to do during the tribulation. Look in Job 42 and verse 5. And... Most of you should know that Job is a type of the what? Job is a type of the Jew. Why do we say that? Job was specially 
loved of God. He asked the devil, he said, have you seen my servant Job? Israel's called God's servant in the Old Testament, different places. All right, Job was loved of God, but he was hated by who? The devil hated Job with a passion, and he wanted to, he would have wiped everything out if God would have let him. Well, we know that the, the devil hates the Jew. For 2,000 years, he's been trying to wipe them off the face of the earth. And he's filled uh, ungodly leaders like in Iraq and other places that have made the statement, or in Iran that have made the statement, we're going to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. But you notice they're still there. Okay, look what happens at the end of Job's life in Job chapter 42. Remember, he's a type of the Jew. And Job said in verse 5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. It's a type of that Jew uh, that has heard about the Lord. They didn't believe in Him, but they heard about Him. But at the, sometime near the end of the tribulation, God's going to reveal Himself uh, to them. Alright, look in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. And Paul, we went over this one lesson. Paul is a type of that Jew in the tribulation. Uh, he's a type of those sealed Jews. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and uh, look in verse 7. This is Paul talking. And he said, After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also. Watch it as one born out of due time. Paul was saying this wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, this is going to happen in the tribulation, that God's going to reveal Himself to the, uh, to the Jews and let them know He is the Christ. And that's why they're going to uh, turn and, uh, and accept Him, at least a part of them are. So we have those things that let us know uh, that the Lord is going to make an appearance uh, during the tribulation, at least once and probably twice. Now, uh, there's five things in that in this thing that lets us know, at least lets me know, you don't have to agree with me, but lets me know uh, that this is the Lord. First of all, it's the word mighty. That's in Revelations 10 and 1. It's a mighty angel. Alright? Then we have the word cloud there. Alright, if we go back to chapter 1, we find out the Lord is connected with clouds. Verse 7, Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him, He said. So the Lord, different times, He was taken up in a cloud. The Lord's connected with a cloud. And then there's the word rainbow in there. There's a rainbow about His head. The Lord's connected with a rainbow in chapter 4. And verse uh, number uh, 3, and he said there was a rainbow round about the throne. Uh, so we can connect that with the Lord. And then it talks about his feet are like brass. We go back to chapter 1 and verse 15 when John saw him. And he said his feet likened to fine brass as if they burned in a furnace. And then it talks about his face. Uh, talks about his uh, face uh, as was as were the sun in Revelations 10 verse 1. 
And when Jesus went upon the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17 and verse 3, the Bible said His face did shine as the sun. Uh, so we've got all these things that are hinting to the Lord and saying this is the Lord. Uh, at least there's enough there to convince me that this is the Lord. Uh, you say, well, what do people think it is if they don't think it's the Lord? Well, they think it's just a mighty angel. Uh, but I think there's too much connection there with the words to tie it into the Lord, and we'll say some more about that in a minute. Uh, and then uh, we see in verse 2, And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. Uh, once again, we have someone who is connected like the Lord. This person here is connected uh, with a book. said he had in his hand a little book. We have somebody else connected with a book in chapter 5. Remember that? Remember John crying, weeping, because he said, ain't nobody worthy to open the book. And the Bible said, and the Lamb, uh, as if it had been slain, he came and took the book uh, out of the right hand of the one that was on the throne. Uh, so we have that there. Uh, there's only one who has authority. There's only one who's worthy on the authority of the Bible. There's only one that's worthy to open the book. That was the Lamb. Remember that in John in the Revelations 5. Now, this is not the same book of Revelations 5. Uh, how do we know that? Because over there it's just called a book, but here it's called a little book. Words mean everything in the Bible. And uh, that's why Jesus said, Every jot, every tittle, man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So when you go along making new Bible versions and you just take words out and throw them everywhere, uh, you're destroying the revelation that God's given. And words are very, very important. The way you learn Bible is comparing Scripture with Scripture. Wherever you find a word, see if you can find it somewhere else in the Bible, and it'll all tie together. Get all of them together, and you should be able to come up with a correct meaning of what God's trying to say. Now, if this book is not that book, uh, we know... Uh, we know that there's a lot of books in heaven, right? Uh, we know there's this book, chapter 5. We know in Revelations, chapter 20, uh, there at that judgment, uh, we know the verse 12, he said, uh, I saw the dead small and great stand before God, and the books, plural, the books were open, and then another book was open, which is the book of life. So there's several books right there in that one verse. We can go back into the Old Testament and we can find some more books back there. Uh, so heaven has a lot of books. So what is this book here? Well, it says it's a little book. I believe this little book is the book of Revelations itself. It's a little book, 22 chapters. Uh, it's a little book and he's, he's opened it along. He's the one that is able to open the book, and he's opening it along, and he's showing John what's going to happen. Uh, chapter after chapter, he's showing John what it's going to take. And so, uh, if one were reading and, and studying now, uh, only the Lord 
is big enough to do what it said that was done in that verse. You say, what did it say? It said that the Lord took the little book, and then it said He set His right foot upon the sea and His left foot upon the earth. I don't know nobody's big enough to do that other than the Lord. And there's only been one person that ever stood on water and didn't sink. That's the Lord. Uh, Matthew 14, Peter did for a little while, but uh, just a little while. Uh, so the only other people that ever walked on water was people that was walking on frozen ice. But this is, this is water. So we see here that this little book is the book of Revelations itself. Uh, I believe is what it is. And now, the next thing we see here, he said, and, and he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven sent unto me, seal up those things which are the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Now, uh, they said, uh, there's uh, some thunders here that, that begin to, to thunder something. And uh, we know, and again, there's that lion's voice, uh, roared like a lion. Revelations 5, the Lord was like a lamb and a what? A lion. A lion. So again, there is a connection there. Now, the, the thunder is connected in the Bible with the voice of God. With the voice of God. Uh, look in, uh, look in uh, Job twenty six fourteen. Job twenty six fourteen says, "Lo, these are parts of his ways." But how little a portion is heard of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand it? Thunder's connected with the Lord. Look in Psalms uh, 77 and verse 18. Psalm 77, verse 18. The voice of thy thunder was in the heavens, the lightnings lighted the world, and the earth trembled and shook. All right, look in First uh, Samuel uh, two and ten. First Samuel two and verse ten. Uh, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Uh, now, one, one place in the New Testament we'll go to, of course, there in Revelation, but look in John, John 12. John 12, verse 28. John 12 and 28. He said, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. 
The people therefore stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Did you know that saved people can hear God when lost people can't? Uh, you see, those uh, that those that knew him, they heard him say. They heard him say what he said uh, there uh, in verse twenty-eight. But the people that stood by and heard it, they said it thundered. It thundered. It sounded like thunder to them. Uh, Sunday morning service, God may speak to somebody. Uh, sitting right there, and they hear what the Lord's saying to them through the Word of God, but somebody else over there that ain't saved may just sound like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo to them. They don't get it. Uh, so, uh, all through uh, the Bible, the Lord's uh, voice is like uh, thunder. Uh, so it's a connection there. Uh, now, uh, I think it's one voice uh, I know it says uh, thunders. I think it's one voice that says seven things. And the reason I say that is because uh, on down in verse 7 it said, but in the days of the voice. The voice. Somebody say something. Maybe I'm hearing something. Okay, when the seven thunders had uttered their voice, number four, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Now, it seems that John knew what it said. Because otherwise, how could he write it? He's doing what God told him to do back in chapter 1. God said, Write the things which you see and hear. John heard this, and he's about to write it, and God said, Well, hold it. Don't write that. I don't want that wrote. Uh, well, there are several times in the Bible that uh, that takes place. Uh, we know in Revelations 1.11, He told John to write what He's seen and what He heard. But uh, here the Lord stops Him. Now one place we know is Daniel 12 and verse 4, right? In uh, Daniel chapter 12 and uh, verse 4. Daniel 12, verse 4. Daniel's the Old Testament John, if you will. And he says in verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words, seal the books, even to the time of the end, and many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. This is the only thing in Revelations that God don't reveal. Everything else He's trying to get us to see, it's a... The word revelation means unveiling. He's trying to get us to see these things that are coming upon planet earth. But the Lord says, don't do that one. There's another place where that happens. Uh, in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 4. The Apostle Paul was caught up into heaven like John was. He was caught up into heaven. And the Bible said that he, he heard some things. He saw some things. But the Bible said that it was not lawful for him to utter them. So God wouldn't let him tell it. He wouldn't let him. Whatever he saw up there and whatever he heard up there, God wouldn't let him write or tell it. And uh, you say, well, why is that? Well, 
It's like we talked about last week. Uh, the secret things belong to the Lord. Amen. Now there is some people that think they know what those seven thunders mean. Uh, there is uh, one teaching that these are the seven crusades that took place down through time. Uh, the uh, some say this is the seven nations that received the Reformation when it took place. And then uh, the seven-day Advent, Cheryl, uh, they claim they know what these mean. Uh, now, they hadn't done it in a long time, but if you build around Glasgow very long, uh, you, you, got a, you went to the mailbox one day and you got a thing in your mailbox that somebody was teaching on revelations down at the armory. And they had all these pictures and all these things that captivated your interest. It doesn't say a word about the seven-day Advent. It just says somebody's going to be down there. So if you're interested in the Bible like I am and like I was, I went. And when I went, I found out after the second year I went, I found out that they were seven-day Advents. And uh, I will say this in their behalf. uh, the book Kingdom of the Cults, uh, I think it's uh, Martin that wrote that, Kingdom of the Cults. The first book he wrote on Kingdom of the Cults, he has uh, Jehovah's Witness, all the cults listed in there, and he has Seventh-day Abbot. Several years later, he come out with a, a new revised book of the Kingdom of the Cults. And you can't find the Seventh-day Abbots in there. And he explains it in the, uh, in the forewording and he says that he had since learned that they did teach salvation by Jesus Christ. Amen. And so he did not uh, include them as a cult. But they still got a lot of messed up teaching uh, in, their, in their teaching. But at least they, if he's right, at least they got the main thing right. Amen. Uh, so... Uh, so there's some people that claim that they know what this means. They don't believe what they read. Because I wouldn't, I, I, I didn't go to college, but I have always liked to read. And, uh, and it's in English, and I read good English. And the Bible said, he said, shut up those things. Don't write it, John. Don't even tell it. Don't write it. Well, it's like Matthew 24 and 36. It says, No man knows the day or the hour when the Lord's going to come, not my Father, not the angels. But yet, man, go right on, write book after book. If they, they know when He's coming, they got it right down pat. They just won't listen to God. They just won't believe what God said. I believe what God said. I don't believe anybody knows the day or the hour. Amen. We might guess at the season. We might look at the sign of the times and know we're getting close. But you can't pinpoint the day or the hour. It's like death. God knows I've sat by deathbeds of, of hundreds of people that the doctor said they got about a week or they got about a month. And I've sat by their beds, some of them, Four months or five months. You know why? Because that doctor don't know the day or the hour. Uh, that's all in God's hands. The times and the seasons are in the Father's hands. Uh, so, uh, so we got at least three times that the Lord said, "Don't write this." Daniel twelve four, 
John's Gospel. Let me see what I got there. John's Gospel. Uh, I don't know why I got that wrote down. I think it's the same place it was a minute ago. John's Gospel 12. He said, Father, glorify thy name. And they, there came a voice from heaven saying, I both glorified it and will glorify it. The people that heard it and said that it said that it thundered. Now, I, I must have got a wrong reference wrote down there because that's not connected with that. So Daniel, oh, I got it now. Uh, it was John, the writer of Revelations. I just wrote the wrong scripture down. God told Daniel not to write it. God told John the Revelator not to write it. God told Paul the Apostle not to write it. Amen? Okay, we have this phrase here. He says uh, there, and he says, uh, uh, verse 5, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are therein are and the earth and the things that there, therein are and the sea and the things which are therein. They should be time no longer. Alright. What is he saying there when he says it's going to be time no longer? Is all the clocks going to stop and, and everybody's watch is going to quit working? No further delay. No further delay. Uh, we've had delays. But when we get to this point here, uh, the Lord's saying there are not going to be any more delays. We're going all the way through. We're going to finish this thing up. Uh, so it means not no longer any delays. Now what John uh, was told to do with the little book was to eat it. Uh, you ought to read it too, but he told him to eat it. And uh, uh, we're not selling it. The Lord's the one that sells it. And so he told him to eat this little book. And John ate this little book and his experience was like mine has been sometimes eating at people's houses during revival. It was sweet going in, but it got bitter later on in the night. Uh, and it's from that phrase, uh, it's from that phrase that made me think of uh, old brother Bill Ledbetter, bless his memory, he's in heaven tonight. And I was preaching revival for Bill at Anderson, Indiana. And uh, somebody in his church invited us to eat supper. And we went out there to eat supper, and this guy was grilling pork chops uh, when we pulled up. And in a few minutes, they called us to the table. And, of course, they had other things to go with it. But uh, those pork chops was like rubber. I mean, i done the best I could to eat them, and I finally did get it to eat. But it was like eating rubber. And about 30 minutes after I ate it, it started cramping me. And we got in the car, and Brother Bill looked over to me, and he said, Bless God, I don't know what he'd done to them pork chops, but I thought my false teeth was going to jump out on the table. <laughs> but we get from that a phrase that we say today. Does anybody know what it is? You gotta take the bitter with the sweet. That's where that comes from. And Job says it in uh, more words back in Job. You remember what Job told his wife? He said, Have we not received good at the hand of the Lord? And shall we not receive evil? 
really saying the same thing, but John really puts it down there where we're at. Uh, you got to take the bitter with the sweet. And that's the way it is, ain't it? Uh, that's the way life is. That's the way the Bible is. You can't just read John 14 and uh, Revelations 21 and 22. Uh, you got to read Revelation 6 also. Uh, you got to read Luke 16 too. You can't just read about heaven. Some preachers want to just preach the good parts. But you got to take the bitter with the sweet. God mixes it up because He knows what we need. See, and uh, so it's like your mama fixing supper. She put a lot of stuff on there you liked, but she put some other stuff on there you didn't like, but she said eat it because it's good for you. And that's the way the Lord is with the Bible. Now, we come down to uh, verse 8, and the Bible said, The voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth, and I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it, eat it, and it shall uh, make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and I ate it up. That's what we ought to do with the Bible. We ought to eat it up. Amen. Job said he desired it more than his necessary food. Man, he loved the Bible. You say, are you like that, Brother Rick? I got to have my eggs and bacon in the morning, uh, and then I want some Bible. But Job said he desired the Bible more than he even did his food. I hope I can get where I love the Word of God as much as John did. And the Lord said, "I took the little book out of the angel's hand. I ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I ate it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou." must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. And it's because of that verse that there is lots of people that think that John is one of the two witnesses in chapter 11, verse 3. I will give power unto my two witnesses. And there's people think because that verse said that John must prophesy again before kings and people and things, they say, well, John is going to be one of them two witnesses. But I don't believe that's right. Uh, if you look in John 21, I'll show you what I think's going on. In John 21, and you'll remember this, the Lord has just got Peter back where he needs to be, and he don't stay put too long. Uh, in verse 20, said, Peter turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith unto Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Well, there we are. We're always worried what the other fellow's going to do. We're worried about what church he's going to take or what revival he's going to preach or what Sunday school class they're getting or what God's doing to them. That's the way we are. And the Lord says in so many words, you mind your own business, I'll take care of him. Uh, I'll take care of him. Don't worry about the church down the road, I'll take care of it. Uh, so we see here what happens. Uh, Jesus said unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to me? Follow thou me. Now watch verse 23. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, they told it to everybody that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, 
but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Jesus did not say that he was going to die, but he said he's going to tarry till I come. When did he come? Chapter 4 and verse 1. Who's tearing John is? He's writing it down. You say, yeah, but it said that he was going to speak uh, to nations and people and tongues and kings. He has. That Bible has been translated into all different kinds of languages. And John, he's, he's prophesied to them over in China and in Iraq and in the Philippines and, and all these other countries. He has prophesied to them again. And, and what it is, it's Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 4. The Bible says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, watch it, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. John is still speaking. He spoke to us tonight. And he's not one of the two witnesses. Uh, we'll get over there next time. And there's enough evidence. Uh, well, nothing even hints to John except that one verse, if you take it out of context, that one verse. All right, so that sums up this little bitty chapter, chapter 11. And uh, Amen. All right, any questions? Comments, Brother Bill? I'd like to comment about Yeah, he didn't go on no talk shows, didn't write no books. Uh, he didn't do any of that. If the Apostle Paul had been living in our day, he would have wrote a book on life beyond death. And he went on all the talk shows and made a lot of money. But God said, don't do it. Don't write it. Uh, seal it up. Uh, what, what we know about life after death, what he wants us to know, he's told us in this. And if anything that's told goes against this, I'm going to take this and what it says. People say they, uh, unsaved people say that they died and they come back and uh, there was no hell, no fire, no devil, no demons. They saw a light. Yeah. And uh, that's not what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible says when unsaved people die, that in hell they lifted up their eyes, been in torment. So we go with the Bible. Some of that stuff's interesting and uh, all like that, but uh, it's always good to stay with the Bible and what God says about things. Good, good, Bill. Good, good, good uh, addition there. I'd like to thank the Lord for his brother Rick for a message.